0: part two chapter thirteen of if all these young men by romer wilson this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two london chapter thirteen the barrage it was midnight not a sound broke the stillness nor relieved the tension of six millions of people waiting for death in the streets no one was to be seen and there were no lights at any of the windows now in the remote distance could be heard a buzzing as if a hive of bees were on the swarm it rose and fell rhythmically upon the windless air up in their house josephine and susan were sitting beside the fire susan was half asleep her head lay back her lips were parted her thin hands lay helplessly in her lap josephine sprawled right down in her chair with her legs stretched out in front of her and blinked at susan she knew that susan was thinking of blanchard and wished that susan would sometimes tell her her thoughts some moments passed and then the faint buzzing of the air fell upon her ears one day she said suddenly sitting up something will crash through the ceiling and kill us i wish we could go to bed yawned susan i am so dreadfully sleepy go to bed if you like josephine answered and got up to light a cigarette it's not much odds but as one can't sleep through the din i prefer to stay up the guns are beginning she stood still and strained her ears and caught the soft popping noise of distant guns. Susan could hear nothing. Presently the noise came nearer and louder, and Susan sat up to hear. But still the soft sound was too far off for her ears. I am glad I don't fear death, said Josephine. I am glad. She moved across the room, held herself perfectly upright, and added quietly, This makes me want to fight. Oh, does it? Susan sighed and shivered up and down the room walked josephine she felt herself to-night when the war came near it brought back her absent parts she went on talking i want to fight she said you will perhaps say i don't know what i am talking about but when i hear that noise grow louder and louder and those engines dinning overhead i don't want to sit here i want to be out yonder it is not mere talk you don't understand perhaps what it is gets us under the heart and tightens our throat i might not be a good soldier i might not be able to endure i might even go mad with horror but on a night like this i feel the clay give under my boots as i spring up the bank and i know what it is like to have my whole life gripping a revolver and swelling in my jaws against the strap of my tin hat i'll lob on my face in a minute perhaps and my life will be over but here's all of me for once without any doubts without any backward thoughts you are disgusted with me i'm saying the things one doesn't say that minute you have downed fear and are kind of bursting out of your clothes with perfectness is worth hell for those who can remember oh how can you talk like that cried susan you have no imagination perhaps i have not josephine sat down calmly in her chair perhaps i have not i ought to go and see some of them will say yes and some no that's the simplification of fighting that's its finest moment like everything else it's soon gone everything is the same fine to contemplate wearisome to pursue a spot or so of glory the rest commonplace frightful and pleasant that was a close bomb hear the shells whining killed like rats in a trap are you afraid it's not cowardice to be afraid some fools would shriek and go on if they were you susan rose and came and sat down on the arm of josephine's chair she held on to her tightly with both her hands oh if the house gets on fire she cried sit on my knee josephine took susan on her knee and then lay back in her chair susan sat bolt upright upon the roof shrapnel splinters rattled like hail and every now and then the house shook and the window sashes racketed in their frames susan sat upright on josephine's knee in the middle of a world beyond her control that heaved itself around her where sudden death and suffering and destruction were only part of the uncontrollable forces that swept her about and josephine lay back and looked at her and began to wonder what it must be like to be susan it is odd she said after a little time what i mind is the feet of the people hurrying out of the streets i can't help when i hear that running of feet feeling a little faint oh cried susan shuddering it's the fires i fear they never tell you what they feel who the men out there what do you mean said susan sitting up more stiffly upon josephine's knee after all the earth and the war are both mine and for that matter the universe what are you talking about what do you mean repeated susan but josephine did not answer nor explain that for a moment her profound reverence for those who knew what it was to fight made her think it presumption for her to talk about it the sense of proportion came back to her and she said nothing more upon the subject was it to-night blanchard was going out with amaryllis she suddenly asked i wonder if he fears death they may have a bomb drop on them and kill them and that will be the end of it the end of what said susan a little crossly of all this wretchedness no they are going out to-morrow susan replied and shivered again time passed the fire burned low the clock ticked on with little insect noises measuring minutes so that man could know that in spite of the long-drawn hours and quickly lost hours of his life night and day could be measured by a regular machine soon josephine began to talk again have you ever felt your whole body pitched fine to your mind all yours to command listen the engines are coming back what do you mean asked susan turning round and frowning sleep seemed to her the only state of physical perfection and then she remembered that she liked dancing i suppose you call it feeling fit josephine went on but you hate that sort of thing i like dancing james has promised to take me to a dance josephine moved so that susan was forced to get off her knee the notion of physical equilibrium made josephine unable to stay long in one position she took a few steps and then posed herself by the mantelpiece in an attitude which pleased her i like running she said i like the equilibrium you get when you fight scientifically with gloves or wrestling she seemed to think that she herself was a champion of the ring a carpenter or a wild there is nothing like it she said her eyes going off into space she put her feet on the ground and held herself in an attitude which she believed was common in fighting it satisfied her she heard wild say that's a man spoilt bah she cried softly it's grand when you feel like a pair of scales when you change all over when the centre of balance shifts it all comes in at your eye off the other chap and he off you i hate games said susan crossly i don't believe you know what it means to have your feet on the ground continued josephine and laughed she looked at the clock it was close on one o'clock and the guns showered up monotonously in the rising and falling cadences of the aeroplanes those are gotas she said and ran the palms of her open hands along the edge of the mantelpiece time passes quickly it seems to be only the space between the happenings time is an illusion said susan oh you are beginning that again muttered josephine don't let us start on determinism or i shall go mad god i should go mad if i believed in it susan sat down close to the fire and shuddered she was very tired and cold but as she poked the fire she found herself forced to say you can't get away from cause and effect i'll tell you said josephine taking up a tyrannical attitude in the middle of the room you remember last week when james was here to supper and i was angry well since that day i have had a curious feeling susan yawned as a rule josephine's curious feelings did not interest her tonight the thought of them made her feel sick she felt elderly towards her tonight and a little tired of her and afraid of her because she knew that cost what it might if she was so inclined josephine would force her to see what her curious feeling was she said patiently well what is it about the war go on again she yawned an irrepressible yawn the hour of night was coming upon her since then josephine went on since that night i have felt myself a few times as if i had done my part and could come home as if the issue was decided as if we had lost or won already but i didn't feel it till then we had lost or won before the war began replied susan but her imagination was untouched no josephine went over to the window ah well i don't care i can think to myself sometimes it's a lonely business she did care however because her love for susan made her wish to share everything with her come away from the window cried susan starting up something might hit you I feel as if I were freed from something, as if I had come back. They're still killing one another, said Susan. I don't see any difference. What is death? Josephine parted the curtains and leaned herself against the glass. The shells look pretty, bursting. Come away from the window, implored Susan. Because she was not doing it from bravado, Josephine came away and sat down again upon the edge of her crimson chair. What is death? she repeated. I haven't a young man at the war if i had he would have been killed oh josephine don't said susan and hid her face in her hands if i had gone to the war i'd have been killed don't talk like that about it it's facile cried susan easy josephine answered yes i suppose it is it is easy to talk about the most profound things in the world it is the half-lights that muddle me she thought she knew what death was and what love was she thought nobody wanted her love though she had enough for twenty or thirty people anybody but you would want to shake me susan she went on everybody except james even though he hates me he has an eye susan drooped and moped despair came over her heart and the old feelings she knew so well returned to her out of the past life at bottom was quite black and to her view happiness at best was only a gay harlequinade the night was falling into silence the guns went off irregularly occasional footsteps echoed in the empty streets and a door banged in the distance it's nearly over said josephine looking up at the ceiling as if she were talking about a thunderstorm thank goodness ejaculated susan josephine looked at her sideways out of the corner of her eyes she knew at once that a wave of susan's nightmare melancholy had come over her now by some law of love she would be obliged to spend an hour in useless comfortings which in the end would be unsuccessful and throw her herself into despair are they all types of themselves do they never change she thought is everybody quite fixed like susan is aloud she went on surely we are melancholy and optimism thrown together i am miserable enough but behind it is all light and you are gay enough but behind it is all black i suppose so said susan i am cold let us have something to eat and then we will go to bed josephine went out of the room to fetch some bread and jam and while she was away she overcame her love's desire to interfere with susan's wretchedness let it be let it be she thought when she went back into the room she said letting her deeper thoughts fly from her i wonder if poor sebastian is on guard at his office tonight poor sebastian susan murmured and felt that he too had a pitchy sky is he sentimental about you not that i know of replied josephine but all the same she thought he was and she hoped a little that he was end of part two chapter thirteen recording by expatriate in bangor maine